What's happening, everybody? How are you? Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I'm Ari Shafir. Hey, it's a good episode this week. I'm really happy about this one. I, I never know what you guys are going to like and what you're not going to like, but I do know the stuff that I am really into. And this is one of them. I talked to Dom Herrera. He is a, he's, a, I guess, sort of legendary comedy status. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he's been one of the, like, the top guys for the last fucking 30 years or something. And um, he, you know, my feelings about, um, if you've listened to this podcast enough, about uh, parenthood and about uh, relationships in general. And I always sort of came to the idea that I don't know what it would be like and to have kids or to not have kids. And I, and I think a lot of people act out of regret or, or a fear of regret later. And that's why they're going to end up having children is because they don't want to. Like, I know a lot of people that have said that they don't want to be older parents. So they want to get children younger. And I was like, well, why would you waste your 20s, though, raising a fucking kid? Then you're 37 and they're in high school. Ugh, you're not enjoying yourself at all. Um, just so you don't have to be a fucking an old man playing catch, just let them get closer to you when you're paying catch. Just like, hey, fucking kid, you're lucky to be alive. Don't go to 30 yards, go to 15 yards, and we can still have a goddamn catch. But my bones are brittle. It wouldn't be that bad. But I always viewed like not having children as just kind of like I, I, if I didn't do it, I would look at it as um, that trip to Africa that I never took. You know, it's like, oh, it's too bad. But, you know, whatever. Done a lot of shit in my life. Um, and I've never really talked to anyone who has not done it. And whether or not they've regretted it. And it's not to say that their experience would be the same as mine, but um, I've never really heard that version of it. So Dom Herrera was the perfect candidate for that. And he got real super uh, super open and honest with me about everything. He was one of those guys that just really opened up. You, you, here's what I like for interviews for this podcast. I like when guys are just open and honest. They don't try to hide stuff, and they don't try to change the truth at all. Uh, and that's what Dom did. And it was really fucking good, man. Really happy with it. Um, so anyway, yeah, we talked about it, and you'll see uh, how he feels and how uh, how we everything we did at the Laugh Factory. Um, he's like it's pretty much his second home. The way I feel about the comedy store, he feels about the Laugh Factory, and then he comes to the comedy store too. He's one of the reasons I also enjoy the comedy store. Anyway, so let's start the episode first. Let me do my um, uh, dates really quickly. Um, oh, let me say this. Here's what I'm going to be doing. First of all, I saw the first cut of the special. It looks really good. Passive-aggressive. It's going to be out. I hope they wait until at least February so I can build up some material. Because, uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to be at the Ice House this Friday with Rogan and uh, Sam Tripoli, my Punch Drunk podcast buddy. Also, on Tuesday, on Punch Drunk, I will be wearing a diaper to settle up a bet about the Cowboys-Redskins game in which the loser has to wear a diaper for 24 hours. No bathroom breaks. One change of diaper. Um, and then uh, Edmonton for the 16th through the 20th at Comic Strip. Uh, right after that, I'm at the UCB. Oh, that's that's what's her name show. That's cool. Uh, some stuff in town. Uh, and then I'm going to see Muse at in fucking January. You guys are not invited. And then right after that, I'll be in uh, Chicago with Rogan on the 25th, and then Milwaukee at the Miramar Theater on the 26th. That's my schedule. Oh, and Charlie Goodnights in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, the February 7th, 8th, and 9th. Is that it? That is it. My next Storyteller show is the 26th. I'm still trying to get it online. I'm lazy. Whatever. Fucking sorry. 
And the first weekend of March, I'm in Long Island. In the first weekend of March, Long Island at Governor's. And I'm probably going to stay a little while longer and shoot some shit with Renazizi. Um, and look for an apartment for April, May, June. Man, that would be cool. I think I'm going to do it. If anybody's got a lead on a sublet in a nice part of Manhattan or the white part of Brooklyn, you know what I'm talking about, um, then let me know. Uh, all right, so that's it. So we should do a sponsor really quick. Uh, let's do Pro Flowers with thanks with th- not the Thanksgiving. What's uh What's uh Chick Christmas? Valentine's Day. Um, okay, I've come full circle on the flowers. First of all, if you go to my website, there's a link on the right hand side for proflowers.com. Proflowers.com. If you can't go to my website uh, for whatever reason, then uh, <laughs> like I'm assuming it's blocked in some countries. Um, I bet it is blocked in some countries. I tried to go onto Rogan's website on his message board like five, six years ago when I was in Kinko's in New York. I was printing something up, and while I was doing it, I figured I'd check my, the forum, and, um, and uh, it wouldn't let me on at the Kinko's. It was public. It was fucking blocked, for, probably for all the crazy stuff they go on there. By the way, I have, a pot, I have a forum. If you guys don't know that, go to uh, arishafir.com. I think it's slash forum. Um, and people talk about the different episodes and stuff. And then just general topics in, in whatever it's called. General general something in general. No. And then, I don't know, something in general. I forget what it's called. Oh, forum. com slash forum. There's general discussion, uh, stuff about the skeptic thing. So every episode, people go on there and just sort of talk about what they saw and share. It's not like survivors. They're not survivors, but, you know. Uh, uh, anyway, so go to that. Also, my 2012 tour shirts are almost gone. I'm about to whip out the 2013s. Uh, I decided instead of having one design that there were a few that I really liked, so I'm just going to have like three or four designs, but also only the 2013. Because I'm copying this from Iron Maiden. I'm not even an Iron Maiden fan, but I am a fan of the way they put out different sh- tour shirts for different like years. They go like the North American tour... 2012 and everyone wears their shirts from the fucking from the year so these shirts will only be available i'll have them in edmonton uh the, the 2012s because you guys haven't seen the material that i did for my special uh, so that's probably what i'll be doing you guys all saw the stuff from revenge for the holocaust my album is out too by the way i have shit available for people but here's what i wanted to get to oh wait pro flowers yeah fuck Anyway, go to my website, go to proflowers.com, get chicks from, from flowers. My, my thought, I wanted to get to, but I want to get to the other thing, is that, uh, is that dudes, I, I actually, because they've sent me some flowers and a little mini Christmas tree. They sent me two things just to see what they have. Uh, I actually like the idea of flowers for dudes. I, I think they're pretty. And why can't we enjoy those too? Fucking flowers. They, they, they smell good. I, I would love those. So if you want to be equal, women, how about get a man a flower for once? Get a man one fucking bouquet of flowers for once, just once, to say you believe in equality a little bit. <sighs> or if they get you flowers, go, are you serious right now that I'd be that much of a cliched woman? Either way, either way, get us flowers or don't accept the flowers yourself. One or the other. Sorry, Ashley. All right. Um... What was I going to say now? Oh, so this is what I want to do. So I'm dehoarded. I dehoarded my apartment for like an hour and a half today. 
and I'm cleaning shit up. I got rid of some stuff. I brought a bunch of old uh, coats and, and, and jackets that I'm never going to wear again to the comedy store. Let the poor comedians fucking have some. The way Dice used to do it with us. He would unload this just fucking massive pile of clothes. It was, it was fucking poor comedian Christmas. <laughs> I've said that twice already today. Because <laughs> it's just recently after Christmas. <laughs> That's how I mind. I'm hacking myself. Uh, but it was great. He would have all these fucking super baggy uh, uh, gloves with cut off, cut off uh, fingers. He would have super baggy sweat shorts. Stuff we could never wear. Some stuff still had tags on it. So I just brought a bunch of jackets. It's cold. Uh, Jeremiah Watkins got my got my my leather jacket that I wore in uh, that I wore all through my time in Israel. It, it it got me through the cold weather in Jerusalem. The snow it actually does get super cold there in the summer in the winter. I mean. Um, man, I got that thing in high school. So congratulations, Jeremiah. By the way, Jeremiah has got a comedy show in LA called the Improvised Stand Up Show, and it's fucking, it's fun to watch and it's fun to do. Uh, there's a Facebook thing, I don't know, whatever they're called, groups, and they'll tell you when the next ones are. But they were fun. The last one, me and Bill Burp was there too, and uh, it's just everyone just they just take uh ideas from the audience and then the comics just riff on it for three or seven minutes or whatever whatever the time time is it's fucking scary it's one of those scary shows for comedians to do because you don't know what you can make but it's fun because the expectations are weird and different so i don't know when the next one is but it's called improvised stand-up jeremiah watkins uh check that out but he got my sweater and my my jacket so anyway and this other guy got my fucking old denim jacket so anyway back to anyway i have all these extra large shirts that when I dehoarded the last time, that didn't quite stick, um, I, I couldn't part with. They were all too cool. But I had to make a deal with myself that how about, Ari, how about you just keep the fucking 60-est, 60 coolest shirts, and that's plenty. You're just not going to do 60 t-shirts. So I, mar- I, I married everything down to like 60 t-shirts, and that's what my fucking base was. And I've gone up since then, but I had all these extra larges that I don't wear anymore. I just wear larges. And I've, I brought out a few of the fucking cool that I absolutely could not part with from my rotation. And I, I, I pulled those out. Um, and, uh, and I kept those just in case, you know, I was wearing them underneath stuff or um, over a, an undershirt, like a long johns if I want to have that. Or I don't know. Or if I gain weight, if I'm gaining a little bit of weight, just in case. When I get back from New York, I can wear those for like a week. Um, but. The other ones that I couldn't part with, I made a stack of them. And there's about 50 of them up there. And they're all fucking rad. So I'm getting rid of stuff. So pretty soon, in the next day or two, on my website, I am going to be selling for $5 my used extra large shirts. I guarantee every one of them is rad enough that I did not want to part with them. So if you would like one, it's a fucking mystery shirt. I'll take a picture of it as I send it. And I'll put it up on my website. So there's no pictures of them, any of them yet. But you'll start seeing them when they come in. They're all fucking sweet shirts. They're sweet designs. They're just too big for me. So they're only extra larges. That's all they'll be. If you want them, the shipping will be the same shit. But if you want just five bucks and just get them out of here. Um, yeah, I just think I, I hate the idea of stuff going away. Just d- throwing them out to like a thrift store so homeless people can wear them. These are too rad for that. So anyway, um, get them on my website, arishafir.com. And continue to shop through Amazon from my website as well, arishafir.com. If you go through that to the Amazon link, I get cash back and shit, whatever. All right. Um, You guys are great for supporting me in any way you can. Uh, So here we go. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I'm really, really happy about this one. God damn it, Dom was cool. He was fucking cool about everything. That guy's always been nice. He really has. This was always my 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 uh, moment that I... I don't know if I told him this or not on the podcast. If I did, fuck it, it'll be double. But um, I remember saying this, this, this place called Dublin's used to be like the hot room in L.A., uh, Jay Davis and Ahmed Ahmed ran it, and it was uh, it's closed now. It changed. It's on Sunset, right near the uh, National Lampoon's radio headquarters. But um, it was this nightclub. It was just a, a club. It was an upstairs and downstairs. And upstairs on Tuesday nights was was this comedy show, and it was cool because they could anyone who wanted to talk, they could just keep saying. I remember Jay Davis used to always do this. He'd be like, "Guys, it's cool if you want to talk. Just go downstairs. The whole level of the club to talk in. So people will be." relatively quiet in terms of a bar crowd it was it was fucking great because if you got them they would destroy and there was agents and managers there every single night people handing out cards it was fucking great and that's where i believe dane cook got his biggest start because he was the hottest comic in the hottest room in la and that type of exposure to the industry and everything made him like all the cool fucking hip people in la that were going there the 24 year olds you know all the fucking chicks and dudes they were all like, that guy's our favorite comic, and they're all the tastemakers. Anyway, so I remember once seeing, I was just there, and I saw Bob Oshak, who was like the first host when I was at the comedy store. He was the first MC. He, he writes for Craig Ferguson now. He's a really funny comic. And um, uh, I saw him. There was this little comic section, so I sat there in the back. like I could talk to like one or two people. And I saw Oshak. He might have talked to me. He might not have. But he walked by, and I saw him pass by Dom Herrera. And Dom goes, uh, like, Oshak was leaving the commissary. Dom was walking towards it. And he goes, hi, Bob. How you doing? To Bob Oshak. And then he talked for a second. And I turned to whoever I was with. I don't remember. Let's call it uh, young Barack Obama. And uh, I turned to Barack and I said, that's the, that's the next level I want to get to in Hollywood where guys like Dom Herrera know my name. Like, not on an egotistical level. I was just like, if super guys like that, like fucking legends like that would know who I am, that would be like, that's like a next little step I'll take in Hollywood. Like, hopefully I'll get to the Bob Oshak level. And then uh, Dom Herrera kept walking towards the comedy section. And then he passed by me and he goes, oh, hey, Ari, what's going on? How are you? Because <laughs> he knew me from the comedy store because he's a nice enough guy to get my fucking name as an employee there. Man, I remember that. I was like, oh, I guess I'm already there. Fucking level achieved. Barack, we can accomplish anything. And I turned to him when I said that. And I think that's when he said, you know what? I'm going to be president someday. And I was like, all right. All right, black guy. Fucking relax with the fucking keep it positive. There are some limits. And uh, lo and behold, I was wrong. I was wrong. Thank God he was running against someone who everyone thought was a dyke. Because uh, I really helped his popularity, and he fucking did it. And I can't help but think that I really had something to do with it. It was my it was my fault. Barack Obama was is in office right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Barack Obama and the whole Obama administration, I present to you Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode ninety five, one of my favorites, Childless with Di Marrero. for the show um, alright let's just start Dom Herrera let me show you got my volume right 
Yep. Ari, you're telling me all this interesting stuff before we get to the show. Well, we're here. Yeah. Save it for the show. Save, save your whole life for the show. Don't talk to people the whole day. We're at the Laugh Factory, and we're sitting in a corner of the room. You said you've never been. I've never been in this corner. How many times have you been to this place? Like a million? Uh, well, since the, yeah, early 90s, I guess. Like, I got him a TV show. I got him a show called Full Frontal Comedy. I guess that was in the early 90s. Yeah. It was on Showtime. Matter of fact, I was, I was doing Joe Rogan's podcast the other day, and they showed footage of him on, on that show. On that show? It's hilarious, with a big full head of hair, everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's all bald now. Yeah. It's very weird. Uh, but we had great shows. We won the uh, Emmy Award for Best Comedy, whatever, and uh, they didn't even want to keep us on because we were so dirty. You really? Know? And I would get guys like black guys coming up to me going... Uh, you know, kind of clean black guys, you know, going, mm-hmm. listen, Donald, I don't even say the word pussy in my act. I go, well, you don't have to be dirty. <laughs> it's just a politically, what you do is your set that you do in the clubs. Yeah. That you finally have the freedom to do that on television without all these censors. Yeah, uncensored. You know? yeah, like what you were talking about before, we referred to the Comic Strip Live and the Tonight Show. Well, they were all censored. You know, yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't be yourself. Yeah, how was doing those shows? Is it just, is it like fun? Yeah, it was fun. Okay. There were so many of them at the time. In the late 80s, when the boom hit, it was just, there were MCs turning down TV shows. I don't what? do that. Really? Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, because they had Im- Evening at the Improv, Comedy Express, oh, yeah. Comic Strip Live. They had uh, all the late night shows. A bunch of half hour specials on, on HBO MTV. and Showtime, some hour specials when you got like the bigger acts like George Carlin and those guys, you know. Yeah. Was when did place- you start? It started in 2000. Wow. Right before the World Trade Center. Did I meet you uh, right around then? Yeah, probably at the store. I was an employee. Okay. Um, you were always cool to me. Good. It was well, cool you were always to cool employees. to me, too. I appreciate it. You know, uh, I, one of the first things I remember, I don't know how long you were doing it, was like Ask a Jew uh-huh. or something. Was that what it was called? We do that once in a while, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> Dom Barris and all the comics just say the you. worst things. What does a Jew think about this? Yeah. <laughs> They're the best, most stupid questions. I love right, them. Right, right. If a Jew is supposed to be such good writers, why is a diary of Anne Frank so boring? <laughs> um, just whatever. Horrible. But, you know, we all get that. I mean, I get that as an Italian. I, what do you Italians think about? Like, I represent oh, yeah. Italy like, and <laughs> the Italian thought process. I'm like, I barely represent my family, right. let alone... Yeah, I mean, it, it is funny how, you know, like I had my friend O'Hanlon's mother ask me if I knew Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. I go, no. And she goes, how come? You're Italian. I go, well, we all don't know each other. <laughs> There's more Do you than like opera? Yeah, right. Where did you go mostly when you started? Were you here? Or were you? No, I started in New York. Uh, I started yeah. as an actor in, in Miami, and I was in children's theater. Mr. Really? Tough Italian, wise guy, yeah. I was in Children's Theater, and I went up to Philly, and I got into regular theater, legitimate theater. Like, I was in, like, regular plays. Okay. Funniest thing, if you think about this, is I was the rabbi and fiddler on the roof at Barry University. Really? Right. When I was in college, I was a 19-year-old Italian rabbi. Playing the Chaim Tobo role? May God bless and keep this all far away from us. Hey, forget about it. But I was much more Italian then, because I hadn't lost... I had much more of an accent. 
and I hadn't been around as much, you know. Yeah. So it was very funny me playing that part. <laughs> I was only nineteen. I'm playing like an eighty year old man, you know, with the payas. And the Did whole they, thing. Uh, are great. I had those for a little while. Did you really? When I was in Israel, I grew them out as long as I could. That's right. You were in Israel. Yeah. You heard about my escapades with Israel, right? I tell oh, you yeah. about that. It just got canceled. Well, you you couldn't go. Well, nobody wanted me to go. Now, I, I wanted to go to Israel because I'd never been there. I thought, how cool, you know, and here's an opportunity to go. And then the war started escalating, escalating, and then it got to the point where they were, they, the, you know, the, the troops had, were on the border. Yeah. And this was like 10 days out. I, and my family's going, please don't go. Yeah. And my friends are going, you know, don't go. And, and my brother, who's a colonel in the Marines, said, let me, let me just check something out. He looks at hot spots in the... Uh, in the world he says you know i take a rain check on this <laughs> right so i thought well i better cancel so I, I call up the guy who books it and i said you know what i'm i gotta pull out i just i'm sorry but i i don't want to take a chance on screwing you like two days before it if and the then it breaks out completely either the war breaks out or i you know to yeah i mean anyway i don't want i don't want to make it too close to the date and, yeah. and fuck him over mm-hmm. you know and uh he, he says, just give me two days. I go, what, what are you going to do? Talk to the Palestinians in two days? Look, we got a comedy show coming in, you guys. I know you had your trouble with the, with the, the borders, but can, can you, you hold off? Can you hold off? Can you be a deer? Be cool. Yeah, so then uh, um, Jeremy Hotz canceled because he's my friend, and he was only going because of me. So then it made me seem like a bad guy, like I was pulling the show apart. I didn't mean, and I would have done the show any other time. But he went, uh, the Jerusalem Post ran an article that basically they, they said they were outing us as people who didn't care. This is what fucking bothered me. People who didn't care about the suffering of the victims of terrorism, right? Now, yeah. that's, I'm totally the opposite of that. I care. I really do. It's one of the few things in life I care about, people suffering like that. I was going to go over there for really low money for a long time because I wanted to go there, and it was a part of a big kind of charity thing but then we get this thing and so I'm furious and hurt you you don't want to be a victim of terrorism (laughs) yeah right I mean that's uh, and that's what a lot of people wrote when the guy wrote the article a lot of people in Israel wrote look you don't understand from his perspective what he thinks it's dangerous dangerous." yeah because there were people that he said call somebody in Israel I go I did yeah we did call people in Israel they said don't come that it, we're, we're in the safe uh, safe rooms or something. We're hardly going out. It's a bad time. Jerusalem Post is a shitty newspaper. Is, is it more the, like the, the New York American Post? speaking newspaper, English speaking newspaper in Israel? But it's not. They just have regular dudes writing it. Right, right. Well, the guy subsequently apologized. Oh, really? But in his apology, he still slammed us a little. He goes, what we should learn from this is not to get skittish comedians from America. Oh, that's stupid. That's not an apology. Yeah, right. Skittish. It's like, look, I'm glad you're living in a war zone. You're fine with it. But they know goddamn well that it's tough there right now, too. Yeah. You know, if they could take a vacation now or in two months, they would take it now. And I wish them the best. And I would go back there. Not with this particular promoter. Why? It's too late. Well, because he was too... uh, Petulant about it, he was too much of a brat and didn't oh, understand yeah. our point of view at all. You know, it's a very Jewish thing, by the way. But I would go over there for you know for anything. I mean, I'd love to see it. I want to go, but I know I'd have to see all my family. The, a lot of them are there. Yeah, my dad's whole family's there, and it's just like too many people to see. I'd rather just run around with my friends and do whatever I wanted. Well, where did you grow up? Grew up in Maryland, outside DC. What town? Silver Spring. Oh, I know Silver Spring, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the DC Improv, I guess. It's like 20 minutes away from there. Oh, I don't know. I just knew it from 
you know, friends growing up there and just, it's, I'm from Philly, so it's not that far. Yeah. So you grew up in Philly. So you go back every year to shows and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to see my family without seeing dollar signs. You know what I mean? Big boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I go back every year. I do Thanksgiving at the, at Helium Comedy yeah. Club and then oh, that's I, cool. Helium's fun. Yeah. yeah. You do that? Yeah. yeah your career's for the going first well, time. huh? What? Your career's going well. Dude, it's going amazing. That's great. You deserve it. Thanks. Yeah. I've got zero complaints right now about any of it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And you know what I want to do with you? And I want to do that uh, that storytelling show. Yeah. Sometimes you know we we have we can't talk about the place that we're going to work together, but I already know that we're working together down the road. Really? So yeah, I'll tell you about it. They asked me not to say it because they don't want uh, anybody knowing about when they want to have whatever they call release announcement. Yeah. So. But I'll tell you about it later. I'm All not right. telling you people who are listening to Ari's show. We're going to do shows together? Where, where, uh, I'll find about it later. I'll tell you as soon okay. as the mics are off. Okay. Well, let me we just pause like, it. I want to know. <laughs> I, for, I forgot you could turn the machine. Yeah, I just pause now. I always forget to. Like, I can just pause and we can keep going. It doesn't do anything. It's not like live radio. Hey, he turned it off. What? What's happening? <laughs> Here's what I want to talk to you about. Here's the deal. I'm... I'm um, I am met at all times with this with this um, pressure. I feel like from my family and from from just society in general to have to start a family, oh, to yeah. have children, and to, have to get a wife and just settle down. And it's always like this idea that you'll be missing it if you don't. And right. I, I don't know. It just seems like my friends have less happiness once they have kids. And I I want to see the other view, like the other side of it. Well, it's a complicated answer, but uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, Dove Davidoff, you know Dove. Uh-huh. I've had bronchitis. He comes to my house, brings me some chicken soup. Really? That's and nice. we're shooting pool. And he asked me about relationships. And I go, Dove, look at me. I'm up here alone at my age. Yeah. Shooting pool. And I'm not the one to advise you. I can tell you what not to do if you want to have a relationship. But like my friend Julio and this other guy, Sacconi, were shooting pool at my house. They both have families. Okay. And they were leaving. They're going, Dom Herrera, you got it made. Look at him. We got to go home to that crap, and you're free. But it's lonely. Oh, right. You know what I mean? So it's like there's trade-offs. Now, would I rather be alone than be with uh, a Jerry Springer, dramatic, crazy girl? Yeah, I'd Obviously. rather be alone. Yeah. But I was with one of them. Uh, right before I had a, I, I was with this French Canadian girl for ten years. I knew her. Yeah, she's beautiful, wasn't she? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, just a great girl. And I fucked that up, and I fucked it up because of being a comedian on the road who just didn't know when to stop. I mean, I actually, what do you mean? How'd you fuck it up? Well, by you know cheating on her. Okay, but I mean, but but stupidly cheating on her. Not even like people that I cared about, like people that like I. She was so pretty that I just wanted to fuck a skank for a change. Uh huh. How, you know, how terrible is that? What kind of a, a testament is that to... David, um, David Taylor has this theory about people cheating, that it'll, you'll cheat with people who, when you made your sexuality, who you thought you could get. So like at 16, the type of people you thought you could get, that's who you cheat with. But right. you become more famous and successful, yeah. so you can get a better class of women, but you cheat with the people who are just... Yeah, yeah I mean, I, the one thing about the answer is you can only... You, you can't force it, you know? I mean, this isn't like... Like in Fiddler on the Roof, when they used to ma- match up people, yeah. you can't like if you unless you find somebody that you love. Like I think Joe's done that. Uh-huh. Rogan has found someone, and Joe, 
you know, uh, he's got his own path. We all do. But he finally found someone who knows him, who can, they adjust to each other. I see it in their relationship. It's, just an, it's an okay relationship. It's like they both give each other what they need. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's not so easy. So for people to just say, uh, you should settle down and have a family. Well, yeah, but yeah. with who? Yeah, exactly. You don't, just, you don't just put the idea in your head. You know, you don't want to go on a computer, uh, internet thing and find a match for you. You don't want to settle. Just find somebody quickly. Yeah. And you don't want to be ridiculously fussy. You'll never find somebody perfect. Right. But you'll know when you're in love. You, you, the chemistry is different. You can't. You, yeah, but there's more to Somebody's got to make you nauseous. They got to make. Yeah. You know, really, like that. Remember that Woody Allen thing about something about nausea? Or, that's when you know you're in love. You, know? you can't even think straight and eat. Yeah, you're just like obsessed with. But then it cools down into a good relationship. But you have to have something. You can't like just go. I want to get married. I want to have kids. And I hope I meet her on this road trip. Right. You know, I'd like to meet someone from uh, Massachusetts. It's an intelligent state. And uh, yeah, also, if you're going somewhere for three days, you're not going to meet somebody long term, probably. You're, if you meet somebody, it's like, hey, let's, no, let's do and, it. And yeah. I'll see and, you and, never. and you'll never know. I mean, I guess, you know, we'll never like it's like a hot chick, you know, like she'll never know what the real world's like because she's a hot girl. Right. You know, so the world's different to her. And like as a comedian. You're already got the edge on most guys because women love funny mm-hmm. and they see you under the spotlight. So your marketability goes way higher. Comfortable talking. Like, you know, if, like I can't speak for you, but I know I can get girls way out of my league with my looks and my age just because of my credits and my talent. Yeah, it's been kind of amazing, the yeah. idea that we all kind of do better than we should. That's the marketing, uh, what is it, the... The, the supply and demand or whatever yeah. I mean, you know it's what, what the market bears for us yeah you know, they say why does that guy make so much money as a basketball player because that's what people and why does that guy get such hot chicks because hot chicks like comedy yeah and one thing about it is man is it true about like girls that are so like beautiful like models and and who do have some substance and substance they just they get tired of guys as good looking as them that just you know, uh, or a vein like them. Let yeah. me let me do the vein thing and the makeup. I want somebody who makes me laugh. Yeah, you know that makes sense. I when I ever had acting class, I always had a theory that it's about half hot girls, half hot guys, and me. And so the <laughs> girls half the time they're going to go for a hot guy, and half the time they're going to go for the not hot guy. Right, right. But I got the better odds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they want just someone funny or substance. I know. Well, you can't compete with either. I mean, you you know. You can't. You're not going to look like this guy, this soap opera guy, and yeah. they're not going to. They didn't have to develop their wits, you yeah. know. Yeah, there's no reason to. Right. That's that's part of the reason I think so many beautiful people can be rather dull. You know, because <laughs> nothing forced them to like work nothing at it. Nothing forced them to work at it. Yeah. 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 I was there. Was this girl that worked with Renazisi once on Punked? Really pretty, but really, really annoying. And I remember um, she, we were at some bar and she was there like messing with people and stuff and we were all laughing at her. And then I realized her behavior is the same as Fat James. Right. It's just bothersome but yeah, because yeah. she's so fucking hot. Uh-huh. It was like, oh, isn't she great? Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Well, it's like, you know, when you're, when you look like a certain way, you know, you're, you're fucking fat, you're pudgy, and then you, they find out you're this or that, you're cuddly. Yeah. You know, the the adjectives change if, if they yeah. like you. But why did you ask me that? Because of I mean, well, he, well, here's I, I all my friends. Whenever they talk about their relationships, wives, whoever it is, um, they say, "Oh, it's all great, it's all wonderful with kids too." But then they get to some point where I, I can see their honest selves, I'm like this fucking bitch. She doesn't let me, 
And I'm like, well, how, where's that when yeah, you're telling yeah. me how great it is and how I got to do it? It's trade-offs, you know? Yeah. It's trade-offs. I mean, I, you're not going to have it perfect either way, but I do think kids are a factor that that are magical in a sense that would make you want to sacrifice more. I mean, that's my only regret in life. So, yeah. How much not you- having kids. Okay. But I do have a goddaughter uh, that I raised. And I, I met her, right? Yeah, a little blonde, Jenna. Uh-huh. Yeah, you met yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she likes you. She always, she always tells me who's nice to her, who's, right. you know, because she's in the cash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try to be nice to the cover with people because that's what I was. Yeah, yeah. Where are you? <laughs> oh, that's is, right. Yeah. yeah. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. And who would know? Like, I remember Eddie Griffin saying to me, uh, Dom, you was always nice to me. I remember. I said, Eddie, you're supposed to be nice, but I, I don't fucking forget, motherfucker. Yeah. You know. But I still remember the one I asked you, what, but like when the last time you had a job was. Uh-huh. And I was in the booth, and you're like, oh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was, went to Ireland or something. I was like, no, no, no I mean, like, a job. <laughs> <laughs> you just did that. You just laughed and walked away. <laughs> you're like, a job? <laughs> job? <laughs> Work? <Yeah. laughs> it's like you were thinking about it and just like... <laughs> yeah. I know. It's great. I mean, the great thing about being a stand-up, unlike even being like an actor on a network, you can't get fired from being a stand-up. Uh-uh. They can't fire you. There's too many jobs. Yeah. They can't go, all right, you're done. They can make you leave early for the week, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, they can fire you on an individual yeah. job, but they can't fire you as a stand-up. As an yeah. actor, they can't fire you completely as an actor, but they can take your series away. Yeah, that's big. You know, that's big, yeah. But I mean, it's like somebody says to you, it's Slappy Bananas, you know, we don't want you here anymore. Okay, well then I'll go cool, no to deal. the Joe Cut across, <laughs> across the street. town. Yeah. Yeah, the equally shitty place. So do you regret not, like, where is, what's the level of, like, do, that you think about it in terms of not having children? Uh, I think that I regret it tremendously, uh, but uh, there's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. And I, I'm lucky enough to have so many nieces and nephews that I, it's almost like I get the fun part without the downside. I don't the change sh- the diapers. diapers and yeah. I don't change the diapers, but I take them, to, I take them out and hang with them. And, you know, I've seen the, my nephews and nieces grow up, and that's a lot of fun. And my, my one nephew... Uh, tremendous guitar player uh-huh. and I see him and you know he's always asking me because you know I'm cool and his father's not and I tell him your father's cool he's just your father right. you think I'm cooler but I'm not cooler I, yeah, I'll say the same shit you know yeah but uh, yeah I was friends with your father <laughs> we're, yeah. we're the same I mean like as one of my one of, one of my godsons he gets caught smoking pot three times right three times three times at, at school by the security at school yeah, this is how fucking stupid he is and he's at a really good school it's like a ivy league type school uh-huh. and he says to me uncle dom he says you know i i, I said well, how can you? and i i talked to him in a way that i said well, how what are you a fucking moron <laughs> yeah how do you get caught smoking pot you could just go behind a 7-eleven and you know he lives in a, a kind of a rural area. I said you got trees. You just yeah. you know how can he? Why would you do it in your dorm room when they could smell it? And he did it like at holiday time. And they were the only ones on campus, so these guys are looking for something to do. All oh, right. And I said, and he goes, you know what he said to me? He goes, but I think it should be legal. I go, that's not the point. But you know, it's not I, legal. I think it should be legal too. But that you're going to get in trouble. What you think? You know, when you think that you shouldn't have gotten thrown out of school for being a, a, a retard. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, do you, yeah, that, those are the times that I don't miss at all. When somebody has colic or some kid, you know, is sick or like oh, gets yeah, colic yeah. drugs or something like this. Like, these are the things I don't want to deal with. I don't want to deal with But you got to have a downside to any up thing. You know, it's like in life, I think the th- things kind of, 
you, you have to sacrifice something to get to that level. Like to like yeah. the love that you have for a kid. I don't think there's anything like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's anything like it either. The way I've seen it described is just like it's just in you. Yeah, and it's just like you can't not love them. But that doesn't mean it's worth it. Well, here's the thing about life. I think you can get overly philosophical to the point where you don't do anything. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, well, well, all I'm—I mean, I don't want to turn this into me giving you therapy, but at least keep an open mind to it. Because yeah. if you think too much, you know. Remember Woody Allen's? But I'm going to keep bringing him up. He had a, a bit about uh, dissecting comedy is like dissecting a live frog. Once you dissect it, it's dead. Uh-huh. You know, and I think that's the way a lot of things in life are. Once, if you overthink things, yeah. you're not going to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you know, but I mean, but then you have all these p- couples I see that that get pregnant, yeah. boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, wife, and they say, "Well, what should we do?" And I'm like, "Now is not the time to think about it. You right. should have thought of that before you even stuck it in." Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. Now you're under the gun. Like, get rid of it and fucking think about it later if you want to have a baby or not. Do you ever regret having abortions? Yeah, tremendously. Really? Yeah, the one that I would have a 14-year-old kid now. Wow. And with, then what? With Sophie. I just panicked. I wasn't sure it was mine because she was in China studying Chinese at the time, which is a good place to study Chinese, by the way. If you ever have, if you want to learn a language, uh, she was in China and, uh, you know, we weren't exclusive yet. Right. But she told me she wasn't fucking anybody else and she told me afterwards... And then she told me after she had the abortion, and I didn't believe her, but now I believe her. She got an abortion in China? No, when she came back here. But it was sad, you know. Yeah. I remember. But did you, were you ready to have one then? I mean, even if it was yours. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't know if you're ever ready. I mean, you know, like, who knows? What the, look, these high school kids that get somebody pregnant and end up staying with them, sometimes that works. Sometimes it works, but that just means they don't end in divorce and killing each oh, other. Oh, I know. Well, 52% of marriages end in divorce. It doesn't look good for a marriage. Right. That's, if that statistic is true, I don't know. But it's definitely a tough road. I mean, either way, what's it like when you go home at night and shut the door and there's nobody there? It's great. Well, then maybe then you shouldn't get married. You know, because I don't think it's something that you can be preachy about. Yeah, you're asking me, and I'm giving you my thoughts. Yeah, that's on all it. I wanted to get. Is yeah, another, but I, another I would never experience. get dogmatic about it. I mean, who am I to you know to tell you how to feel? But also, it's like you know, if you're happy, yeah, that that counts for a lot. And if you think it would make you unhappy, just because other people say no, you'll be happier, I wouldn't listen to them either. They don't know, you know. Yeah, sometimes I feel like if I never do it, I'll I'll feel, and I won't know until that happens. But I'll feel like it's that trip to Africa that I never took. It's like, oh, I should have done that, but oh well, you can't do everything. Right, right. You know? I should have got the shots. But you seem to like really sort of miss not having done it. Yeah, but I don't know what I'd be like. See, that's the question. I don't know what I'd be like on the other side of it. We're going, listen to me, man. I have it all. If I have, just regret having this. This wife and my fucking daughter has been nothing but trouble since (laughs) she was born. It's, it's It's been a curse on my life. So I don't know that that's, that wouldn't have happened. But, you know, like I said, I kind of lucked out with the relationships I have with the kids in my life that I have at least some paternal moments, mm-hmm. uncle moments, whatever, that are cool. And, you know, I mean... How did you get the goddaughter? Well, that's a really interesting story. My ex-wife and I, uh, when I cheated on her uh, mm-hmm. when, when, I was, uh, when we were married... And we had a breakup, and I ended up living with the girl that I cheated on her with. 
This is good. This is good for me to get a lot of fans, a lot of female fans who want to come and see me. I only have three female listeners, at, so it's okay. I'll be at Raleigh, North Carolina at Good Nights, New Year's Eve, if you want to come and hate me there. Anyway, but the good part is we eventually became friends again, and okay. tremendous friends. And she has a baby, and I'm a comedian, obviously, and I'm home a lot during the day. If I'm not doing acting work, I'm home you know, Sunday through Wednesday, and I took care of the kid a lot, and oh, I really? bonded with her. And I would take, you know, take her to school, take her to movies, take her and her girlfriends to the movie, to the playground, whatever. And that's how I ended up. But because my relationship was so strong with my ex-wife, we were like never really divorced as friends. Right. We were only divorced in the legal sense of a marriage. And I look back on that marriage, and I thought, boy, we're better friends than we were as a married couple. Hmm. You know, she was lazy. She was jealous. She's a wonderful person. Yeah. But she was an actress. Uh. And so I was starting to get stuff. And she'd go, uh, can you mention them, me to them? i go, look, I didn't even get it yet. Yeah. You know, like... like We're like, what do you mean? I'm just, I'm just going yeah. to work. I can't and she was an actress. And I'm parts. thinking, I want her to get something. I'm so fucking lazy. I'm thinking, hey, she'll get a series and I could just do spots for no money and have fun. <laughs> and have a good you know? house to go home to. Yeah. Excuse me. So you got those moments with the, with, with the goddaughter. Yeah. But there was you could you knew you could always just leave. But I couldn't. But you, I couldn't emotionally. I mean, she uh, she's home now. She's so much a part of my life that I I couldn't leave her. You know. Uh huh. You feel like you would have had a bigger tie to someone that came out of your sperm? No, not really. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how much more of a tie you could get. I mean, then the fact is her. Her father's better looking than me, so she's better looking than any kid I would have had. <laughs> I, think it's, I think she lucked out. <laughs> We're all so hideous. <laughs> Thank you. Sanctuary. <laughs> Is that the hunchback? <laughs> yeah. I look at us sometimes. I like see pictures from like five years ago. And I'm like, God, we're ugly. That's <laughs> a bunch of no, trolls. We're, we're cuddly. <laughs> Did you get a lot of pressure from your uh, from your parents to to uh, your parents still around? No, my father's alive, but I don't talk to him. And my mother uh, is gone. Um, and she ain't coming back. She's gone for good. She's gone. She's really gone. Did they pressure you to have kids or to start a family or anything? No, not at all. Really? Even I times? mean, I never got pressure from that. You know, I was such a bad kid. Anything I did positive. Like the fact that I graduated grade school it was like a serious. Like, wow, I can't believe that fucking idiot graduated from eighth grade. You know? Breaking the odds. Yeah. I mean, my high school. Like, yeah, I, no, I never got pressure. I got reverse pressure in the sense that my family was so confident in me yeah. that they thought I should be hosting The Tonight Show. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So I got the reverse pressure. I didn't get, like, what are you doing going into this? What do you got? Make a living. They're going. You should be doing that. You're as funny as him. I got like that kind of pressure. Like, well, how, how can I succeed now? You know, like I had a friend say to me uh, one time, you know, can you imagine this? Did I pull something? No, I was just making sure you didn't. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Your friend said what? A friend of mine said to me, I was on the back of his motorcycle, right? We're ri- he's riding home crazy, you know, kids. And he goes, uh, you know, you're as good a comedian as Carlin and Richard Pryor. I go... I'm not even a fucking comedian. Compare, first of all, you're comparing me with the greatest guys in the world, and I'm not even one of them. I'm not even like a bad comedian. I'm not a comedian. But that's kind of like, I, so I had that reverse kind of pressure. 
because they thought I was good that I, you know, I, I certainly didn't have any delusions about being that good. I wasn't that stupid. Yeah. But I did get a lot of support, almost too much. Caparilla said he saw that once in the back of the uh, original room. Some, some girl was talking to, hitting on Tony Rock. It was 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And she goes, well, I think you're as good as, as Chris Rock or better. And then Caparilla was like, hey, I just think you're funny, but I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, me neither. What's she talking about? <laughs> She's trying to make him feel good? She's probably trying to have sex. I don't know what it yeah, was. That's funny. I don't know. Yeah. So wait, so you didn't get any pressure from them. That's good. No, I didn't get any pressure. Uh, I don't no. get any like overt pressure. I just feel like societal pressure. Well, what are your siblings doing? They, my, both my sisters have three kids. See, that makes it harder. Yeah. Because they look at you like, yeah, they look at them down there alone at the end of the table. Yeah. Well, it made it easier, too, because they're like, okay, cool, we have grandkids. Yeah, yeah. You know? And my so are brother, they in Israel or are they in Maryland? They're in, uh, one's in Maryland, one's in outside New York, and then one's in Switzerland or something. So who's in, who's in Israel of your family? Uh, my dad's whole, like, he grew up in Israel. Oh, really? So his sister. Do you speak Hebrew? But I used to speak it okay. You don't have to speak it to live in Israel? No, you can get by in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. You can definitely get by in Jerusalem. You can get by in the main parts. Um, are there any places like in Ireland? There's a few little coves that are just they just speak Irish and they try not to speak English. Are there any places like that in yeah. Israel where they just well, speak the Hebrew? smaller cities don't speak any English? Uh-huh. The kids know it because they they uh, watch TV. Right. So anyone under fifteen when I was there would know it. Yeah. But uh, the adults didn't. My grandmother didn't speak any English, so to talk to her, I had to I had to know. Hebrew, and then some people only spoke Yiddish. They saved Hebrew for Shabbat. Yeah, see, my wife spoke Yiddish fluently. Really? Yeah. How do these girls all catch you cheating? What's that? How do these girls all catch you cheating? Did you tell them, or do they? Do you try uh, to do it at the apartment? She found the she found uh, panties in one of my drawers, but they weren't my girlfriend. They were with a friend. There were a friend of mine who was staying there, but she didn't believe me. So I was telling the truth about it wasn't. <laughs> But well, when she started girl. suspecting it was over. How did all these girls catch you cheating? That's a funny question. Because <laughs> the French Canadian <laughs> did too. Shit. Uh, the French Canadian one, uh, she got a, online. She, I, I thought I didn't cancel something. I put it in the trash, but I didn't realize you could look in the trash. Yeah. And oh, yeah. something about this girl calling me daddy and all this stuff. And, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. It was so perverted. How bad was that? It was so embarrassing. It? Yeah, it is. I try not to tell girls that I'll be monogamous. I just don't even get into it. It's, it's but still smart. when they say I'm with somebody, it's still embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't, yeah. Well, I just feel like societal pressure of just constantly telling me, like, you're not complete unless you do this. Well, yeah, you should. I mean, because it's, it's normal to feel that pressure because it is pressure. I mean, if people are, like, you feel like you're, you're letting them down. I mean, who are you doing? Who are you living for? Yeah. You're living to make them happy? You know. You know what Argus said once about it? about um pray tell i know whatever your relationship was with argus you the guys who used to be around in like the 80s you guys have weird relationships with each other well like carrie snow came in one day i was working the booth and argus was on she's like who's he fucking now and i was like carrie none of us care about who argus is fucking no argus Argus. oh oh. yeah yeah excuse me one second is anybody up there thirsty oh let's stop and get some water yeah i could go for some Let's stop. Somebody's Is the bar here. open? Huh? Is the bar? Can we get back to the bar? No. Evan, are you thirsty? Yeah. Let's stop. Okay. Thanks for the water. 
You're welcome. So you don't want to badmouth any of the people you're badmouthing just now? <laughs> it's up to you. But no, probably not. <laughs> you don't want to do that story you just did? That's the guy who, you know, their, their, their shoulders shrink? No, let's shrug. Not do that. Would you say their shoulders shrug? Shrug. They just sink. They sink when they see you? Whenever people with a bump come in. We're, we're talking about, if I, I don't mean to take over your show, but about bumping people in comedy, of taking... They're, they're waiting all day to go on, and they're just about to go on, and then this the big deal, whoever he is, comes in and just takes their spot and does an hour and yeah. half an hour of it is dick chokes. So he's not even working on anything. I'll never judge content. I'm like, do whatever you want. But yeah, you're not even working on anything. What do you do? What do you co- That's what do you the only reason here? I judge content. I don't judge it clean or dirty. I judge the fact that it, there's no content to the content. Right. You know, no content to what you're saying. That bothers me. Are you trying anything new? Are you yeah. doing, what's the reason you're working out? I told Robin Williams once, uh, way long ago, uh, he wasn't a movie star yet. I think he had done Mork. Yeah. And he just was jerking off on stage, and he bumps. And, and I, 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 I just go on, and I lay into him. And he goes, you really mad at me? I go, yeah, you're fucking selfish. He goes, why? I said, because John Witherspoon just had a kid. Yeah. He drove all the way in from the valley. He didn't get on because of you. And it's not like you were doing stuff. You're working on material. You're just fucking up there jerking off. Yeah. You know? I'm like, why do you have to bump someone? Just call in. Yeah. These are your colleagues. These are the people who do what you do. They don't look at it that way. They look at it like I made it bigger than him, and I'm going to squash him like a bug. <laughs> you know? I know some people used to pick out people on the lineup and said, I'll come bump him. Really? Yeah. Who's that? Carlos used to do that all the time. Did he really? He would call the store and say, when, like if someone was doing well, if Caparulo was doing well. Right after he got his development deal. Uh-huh. So he'd call and see what time he's going on and then come in right before. Crush him? He'd just try to. Whatever he'd do. But it's like, there's no, it's not a, it's not a contest. Yeah. Like, what's, what's the reason? <laughs> yeah. po- you're supposed to, even if you do, Bob, you're just supposed to do it because you want to go on. You're not supposed to do it to fuck someone over. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't get any joy out of that. Yeah. I, I, only, I only don't like three comedians. Dice. Yeah, I don't like That's Dice, but I don't hate him. Okay, you don't like three comedians. They wouldn't include him. Who would you? No, I would say I don't like him, but I don't. I only hate two. Yeah, uh, a guy named Craig Shoemaker and a guy named Bobby Collins, and you never heard really? of either one. I've of heard them. both of them. You heard of them? Uh huh. I wish you would. <laughs> Hope you didn't hear him. No, I'm just giving him a free plug. Fuck! I knew I shouldn't have done this show. Uh, why don't you like those guys? Oh, uh, they just fucked me over a couple, a lot of times. Yeah, it's tough to Especially, forget those things. Yeah, it's tough to forget. I had a, I had a feud in my only in my head with Greg Proops for oh, about really? ten years. Really? Yeah, because I was it was, was when I was just starting. He's like a gay butler. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he, he, but I love Greg. I love Proops. I like him too. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he is. I went to do a guest spot in San Francisco at Cobb's like a long time ago. And they told me it was okay. I could do it because I was taking a trip up the coast with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. It was a year in a comedy. And then I got there. I did No, I did Cobb's and I was doing the punchline. And he goes, nah, I don't want any guest sets. And I was like, feud. Vendetta. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> but I get it now. It was a one-year comic. He's like, what? No, let's just get out of here. We don't right. need to put, put go, somebody let, on. Let him go on after me. Yeah. He can do as long as he wants. Yeah, exactly. And I had a guy named, he was a big gambler, I found out later. Russell something? No. He was in the South. Russell Peters? No, it wasn't him. Russell Simmons? No, it was a 15 Russell years Crow. ago comic. Russell. Bill Russell. 
No, it wasn't Russell. I'm way wrong. But um, it wasn't John Fox either. He was a gambler. It was somebody else. How do you go from Bill Russell to John Fox? It was some gambler comic. He lost a lot of money gambling. Vinny. Uh... I'm not going to remember his name. Harris told me about him. He was like, oh, yeah, that guy's, that guy's a degenerate. Harris, Harris told you he was a degenerate? <laughs> so you know it's something. Harris, he was a real successful. i never seen a, a, a snotty, pompous, supercilious fucking guy who worked the door at 50. <laughs> and he acted like he was better than people. And he was grouchy. Yeah. Grouchy to people coming in for a laugh. Yeah. All right, just go up the steps and make a left. I said make a left. (laughs) (laughs) They had a secret shopper once. They said they did anyway. They said, yeah, it was all pretty nice to service, except one guy just screamed at us when we came in and when we left. Yeah, he's miserable. Yeah. I remember shaking someone's hand once. I'd just come down from upstairs from the phones, and I was just brave enough to go downstairs during the day Uh at the store, and I saw um, the Indian. What do you mean brave enough? Because it was haunted? No, no. Just because I didn't know anybody, I oh, was just like, oh, oh. "This is not my place." Right, right. But I, um, it wasn't Jazz Kane. It was somebody that I remember. Jazz Kane. It was oh, somebody that I know their name from from the phone from calling in. I was like, "Oh, I recognize your name. I'm Ari Shafir." Like I was like, "Oh, nice to meet you." And then I Harris is right next to him. I was like, "Oh, hi, I'm Ari. I work upstairs." And he just goes, "So." Oh God! <laughs> like, you, what? Just shake my hand. Yeah. yeah. Well, he used to tell me about playing hockey. Yeah, and he was so fucking fat. And I'm thinking, what do you? You have to be a goalie, or you can't do anything else. I mean, what do you do? Do you That's remember? What he was he was a practice. Oh, goalie. was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, can't imagine him skating. Yeah. Do you feel like the pressure on you to, to start a family went up or down at all, like through the years? Well, it went up. It went up as yeah as you get older because you know they, all they say is uh, well a guy can have a baby anytime he wants yeah but you don't want to bring up a baby if you're eighty right you know for the what the two years you're going to live and then yeah. the baby has no father you feel like it's too late now no I don't feel like it's I mean because I feel good and I I, I yeah. don't I don't know I don't yeah. see that you don't want to be an old father thing everyone's so worried about being an old parent. Well, you know, there's a lot of rationalizations. Otherwise, I wouldn't be where I am today. It's like you have reasons, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could easily be married with three kids. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I could have at least two. But you wouldn't even, them. you wouldn't be living uh, the way I this, do. This dream that you're living in. It's yeah. a lot of responsibility with a kid and with a wife. Got to call in. You got to well, be home. Because that's, yeah, it is a lot of responsibility. But the thing is, don't forget, you're. You just you probably lose sight of how hard it is to get where you've gotten. You know, like that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of work. Oh yeah, I guess you know. So. But you you you're there, so it's like how could it be that big a deal? You know what I, I mean? Once you get there, you, you lose yeah. sight of how hard it sure. was to get there. Yeah. Remember, Groucho said I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have me. Yeah. Do you know what that was really about? What anti-Semitism. People not letting him into a country club. Yeah. What happened was because I always thought really? it would be. I always thought it meant, uh, you know, uh, if any club that would have me, uh, that, I don't, that's not my kind of club. Self-esteem. You know, like, yeah, yeah, self-esteem. But it wasn't that. It was, Groucho, his son told me this story. How cool you knew is Groucho that? Groucho Marx's son? Yeah. From, uh, it wasn't that long ago. It, wasn't that, it was probably six years ago. Okay. But he said to me, because we were talking about his, his dad and his history, and he said that they, they wouldn't let Jews in the Riviera uh, Country Club. I'm pretty sure it was Riviera. Uh and then when Groucho became famous, they wanted to let him in. And then, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, fuck you. Now I'm famous. Then he said, I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have me. That's how that uh, came out. Wow. 
Yeah. Bill Russell used to talk about that in Boston. Oh, yeah? Yeah, where he said, like, suddenly I'm playing there, and I know I'm the only black guy allowed in this restaurant, and the only guy, black guy allowed in this theater, yeah. and this, and he was, like, sort of sickened him. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, it kind of tarnishes it. That when you can see through it. Yeah, it's pretty transparent. I know, that must have been weird. I can't believe what those guys went through. God. I can't believe, like, Hank Aaron and those guys, what they did, and... How you can hit a baseball under that kind of pressure? Somebody is threatening to kill you. Threatening to kill you. To do and your job again. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, the extreme part, but just, just the thing that you weren't allowed to eat in a set, certain restaurant. Oh, yeah. And you know why? Because blacks don't tip. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's what law comes down <laughs> that's to. That's what it came down it's to. Misunderstanding. Had nothing to do with racism. <laughs> this is the waitress they coalition. Tipped, they would have been invited <laughs> in. Got together. Man, nobody's as racist as waitresses. Oh, I know. Oh, they're the yeah, but they, but there is a truth to that. Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah. new racism. Yeah, it's not even like learned from your parents. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like observed yeah. racism. I mean, I don't know why. I've talked to black friends of mine. And then I have some famous friends like Charles Barkley, who are like embarrassed that for the rest of in general. If you said blacks don't tip, that's ignorant. You said in general black audiences don't tip nearly as well as mixed audiences. Mm-hmm. That's totally true. Yeah. You really, you just have to be in the restaurant business to know that. One time Oprah had a thing on, and they only showed the side of it of the people. This guy put a tip on the, the checks of, it was a Japanese man. He put the tip on the checks of black people, Canadians, British, and Japanese, right? And uh, He included the tip. He included that? the tip, yeah. yeah. He put the 15% on, and the, the, they caught him. This black couple caught him, and she was very upset that they were racist and all. But, you know, he did it to his own people. Right. So, you know, but the thing that he did wrong was he just should have done it across the board. To everybody. Yeah. But Oprah didn't have any knowledge that that was true of, of the black culture. Really? Yeah. She was totally, uh, and, you know, I mean, I like Oprah. I've been you can't on that call show. A black woman ignorant. What's that? You can't call a black woman ignorant. So she wasn't ignorant <laughs> of the deal. She was just didn't know. Oh, yeah, I can't call black women ignorant? No, it sounds too racist. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Oh. I don't think I'm racist, unless I'm in traffic. <laughs> I get very angry at different groups. Yeah. And it'll just like, I don't yeah. know what I could say to you to make you hate me, the so it'll be this. You chink, you. <laughs> but I'm Korean. I don't care. <laughs> You're a chink inside. <laughs> yeah, black people are terrible at it. What is that? Is it just cultural? It can't just be cultural. I don't know. They have the same TV we have. Well, you know, I don't know because I talked to Paul Mooney about it and he didn't know. And he knows everything. He didn't know that? No, he for, he acted like he didn't know about the tipping thing. Is that true, brother? I said, Paul, you know me. I bust everybody's balls. Then he goes, well, maybe they can't afford it. I said, but Paul, they're buying the most expensive drink. They're drinking Hennessy no. and Covassier. They're drinking cognacs. Well, maybe they, uh, they just want to stiff the white man. I said, but they do it to the black waitress. Yeah. That's not, they stick maybe every, they just don't tip. Yeah, maybe they just, obvious Tony answer. Rock was on stage one night, and the girls were getting stiffed. And I said, Tony, can you help these girls? He goes, Dom, I tried. They just won't budge. Wow. Yeah. I always say something. You probably do, too, when you're on stage on the road. Yeah. But you know what I think's part of it? Uh, at least it. in the cultural thing of, I, and I understand this, black women... You know, now this is, a, I don't want a sweeping statement again, but okay. there's a tendency to really resent white women because a lot of black athletes and certain black men oh. consider getting a hot white babe as a prize. It's, a, like it's a different level mm-hmm. than a beautiful black woman. You know what I mean? But it's, yeah, it is a trophy thing. And I think that 
Because like a lot of the girls tell me they never talk to the guy. Never when, when they when they get drinks, oh. they order from the woman. Yeah, I've heard this they, too. They make they they don't make eye contact with the guy because they make contact with the guy. Yeah, then the woman gets upset and she tells him not to leave a tip. She gets bitchy. Yeah, like this girl doesn't know how to do her job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you get on the girl's side, then you're okay. Funniest thing was somebody sent back. Uh, I think it was a cognac. Yeah, somebody sent back a cognac that said it was too strong. <laughs> Fucking liquor, it's straight liquor. What, what, how are they put, supposed to put make juice it? in it? Whatever, it's gonna <laughs> dilute it. That's how you. It's not a Jack and Coke that was too strong. It's just straight cognac. <laughs> right, right. It is what it is. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. I had a friend one time. He was a manager at Denny's, and this woman ate a steak, and uh, she said, uh, "I didn't like that steak. I want my money back." He says, "Well, you can have your money back if you reproduce the steak." Give me the steak back, I'll give you your money back. That's bullshit. I always feel too self-conscious returning anything as a Jew. Well, you should. No, not as a Jew, just as a person. You've been around restaurants, you better be careful Ugh. what you return. You never know what nut is, is pissing on the steak. Well, then packet. how can you go out to any restaurant then with that in mind? Because generally people want repeat uh, customers and they're generally good people. Yeah. But if you fuck with them or, you know what I mean, nothing can control a psychotic. I think if there's a psychotic or, or wacko back there, yeah. that's the risk we take in going out in society. But then he could have been at the plant when they were packaging something else, too, and put something in it. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Right. Who knows? But, yeah, but it's like that scene in Goodfellas where they're like, it's order up for a cop, and everyone lifts up the bun, and everybody spits into it. Like the whole way staff took to loogie into this burger. Oh, really? I don't yeah. remember that. And they're pulling it, like following it through. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And it's like, he didn't even do anything. He's just trying to protect and serve. <laughs> I remember, uh, do you know Michael Patrick King? I know that you know, name. Yeah, he's a producer, and he's a, he was a friend of mine. We did improv together, and he was a waiter at this place called Ruskay's in New York, and he hated the owner. And he would, like, uh, lunger on the guy's English muffin, and it would look like butter. You know what I mean? Lunger? L- you know, spit. Uh-huh. Right? Never you, you, you never use the word lunger? Loogie. Oh, yeah, loogie. we'd say lunger. Okay. But anyway... Uh, he would like you can imagine how disgusting that is the guy and he would stand there like he would stand there and go enjoy it's <laughs> <laughs> animals why, why do you think gay guys are so fucking witty and funny you never notice that yeah, they are sometimes wit. I think it's a split um, that you get some gay guys that are super funny and then they've taken away that funny from the rest of them are just horrible cunts yeah they're just be. entitled unfunny bitches yeah. But you get some that are super witty and funny. I remember this one guy who was a waiter. And this guy kept asking for hot water. Yeah. He kept asking, asking for hot water. So finally the waiter goes and he just starts pouring it real slowly. And he just keeps it tilted. And it goes over the cup, over the saucer, <laughs> over to the floor. And it just keeps, keeps pouring. pouring. It. And he goes, Nuff. <laughs> Nuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you don't want it's customer service. You hate the people who keep you employed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have to do those jobs? Yeah, I did it at a Woodmont Country Club. It's a country club where they were just it was all Jewish and never, they never tipped me at all. I hated them. But wasn't the tip written in? No. Oh, oh. not to the bag rooms and stuff. They would just oh, give us okay. a dirty club oh, and have to make us wash them. Not even a dollar. Wow. The kids would like the twenty-year-old children of the members. Right, right. They would give you five, ten bucks. Uh-huh. They were always really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. They knew. Yeah. 
I saw a lady one time we were at uh, a function at the Friars Club in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And it was really like uh, rattle, your ju- rattle, rattle your jewelry time, you know, like one of those kind of everybody, the mink coats and everything. And this lady puts a $5 bill down yeah. for a drink. And the drink's for free. So, you know, me and my girlfriend who worked as a waitress thought, isn't that nice old lady tipping like that? And then she takes four ones out of the tip jar. <laughs> yeah. That's the, I hate that when I only have a 20 and I got to ask a bartender, like, can I have, should I have change for this? Yeah, but at least you're going to give them something good. And, yeah. You know. I like when they make you feel good after you do tip. I gave Noel once. I only had a five. And I gave, I put a five down. He goes, this is all for me? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, woohoo! Yeah, he does that, I know. <laughs> like, thanks. That makes me feel good. Yeah. I give him a five every time. Really? Yeah, because, you know, I I just think that, I don't know, he's worked here so long, and, yeah. you know, he's just, he appreciates it. Also, you know? he's cool with it. He has, like, I almost always drink water instead of a beer. Yeah. He just sees me, holds out a water, and if I want something different, I'll ask, but it's I nice know. to get that kind of yeah, service. yeah. Well, there's a guy here who, one of the comedians, is a multimillionaire. Yeah. Never tips. Yeah. You know? How the fuck can you not tip? Did you lose track of it? Is that what it is? How have I you able know. to stay to stay where you're aware that people are poor? Or that people work for a living? How yeah. do you maintain that? Because you've gotten, I mean, you're not like a billionaire, but you've, you've done well for yourself. Like, yeah. How are you able to like remember what they're like? Are, are you, you serious? Do, yeah. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, it doesn't... Uh, I know what it's like to work. Like, the girls come out. We go out sometime after din- after work. Uh-huh. A couple of the girls here. And uh, and I'll pick up the check. They go, you don't always have to pick up the check. I go, but you know what? I want to. Yeah. It's like, I I do. You know, I'm spending $100. Yeah. It's not, I'm, I'm not going to notice $100. And they're going to... They, they didn't make that tonight. Yeah. They, you know, sometimes they walk out of here with thirty, forty dollars for the night. And yeah, they gotta make rent well, off that. You know, they tip out to Noel. They t- they. Uh, yeah, they took the assistance at at um, Justin and Jor- and Vandersloot. Uh, not Justin, Desiree. We were waiting for oh, them to Desiree. come out to dinner, so yeah. we were eating, and and the beers came, and I was like, I'll get it. And and uh, Valentine was like, Oh, you don't have to do that. I was like, You guys make eighteen bucks a week. Like, <laughs> it's fine. I what was totally this the pay. other night? Yeah, I was just there at Super when when they had to when they were having their Christmas party. So oh, the other night, yeah, because yeah. I saw her at the Improv. She told me they had a Christmas party. Yeah, it was nice actually. I've never been to the office. Really? Well, because it's uh, it's Santa Monica. It's all the way out there. Yeah. When I'm out there anyway, though, I'll try to stop in. It's funny because uh, Ari and I are with the same uh, PA agent, which personal appearance agent, and uh, whenever Super calls me, yeah, I know it's Chiching. You know what I mean? He likes to give the good news. Well, he likes to do the big deals, like the yeah. casino stuff and all. Now, it's got to feel great for you. Now, you and Joey are going out together? Yeah, a few, we've done a few times. We How did the cool House of Blues that? in Chicago. That's that great, really man. cool. Congratulations. Thanks. That's so cool. Dude, Justin went, took me from, I couldn't even get into clubs. I was like, I'll work for the minimum. The least amount you pay people, I will take right. that. Just let, get me a, let me have time i'll do the long weeks i don't care yeah yeah i couldn't even do that so what do you think did it I mean, it's a lot of this what we're doing right now and rogan's podcast helped mm-hmm. and honestly a lot too was was justin because when he started getting me in it wasn't the draw wasn't there yet yeah we just started the stuff and then it started he was just selling me yeah so there was cool. that him believing me and then half the podcast stuff mm-hmm. have you seen anything go up 
draw wise, as yeah, you do definitely. a little bit. And- yeah, and I mean, like as soon as I did, Joe, I was in Ireland. Yeah, I told this uh, on Joe's uh, podcast. Actually, uh, this Irish kid comes up to me, twenty years old. Yeah, uh, in Galway, he says, "Don Marrera, I'm uh, I, I'm twenty years old, and I fucking loved you on Joe Rogan's podcast. <sighs> and tell Joe for me that I, I'm studying martial arts because of him." And I said to the kid, that's just what we need, a 20-year-old drunken Irish kid who knows how to fight. Yeah, that's not good. Like, it's not bad enough that you're going to fight anyway. Now you know how to kill. <laughs> yeah, we don't ama- need that at all. It was, it was so... It was really, that's amazing, though. That yeah. some guy in Ireland can see a story you told last week. Oh, yeah. They listened to it in the car. Yeah. I listen to you when I'm going to work, lad. You know. Tony Hinchcliffe, he just finished working the door. And somebody from Australia was in the, cover, was like in the front of the cover booth. And I was like, oh, you're Tony Hinchcliffe. I saw you on... He's like, how is this possible? Oh, yeah, yeah. Across the world. Especially those countries that... uh, Well, the podcast thing is amazing. But also, like, the the countries... Like, even though Australia is big geographically, it's a very small uh, media market. Yeah. You you do morning television there, like in Ireland, they know you. They all know you. If you're funny on it, they see you. You know, it's like like the, the way the United States used to be before satellite just went berserk. Yeah. And, you know... You know, when I did the Tonight Show, everybody saw it. I got 150 messages the next day. Now, if I do the Tonight Show, people go, were you on Letterman last yeah, year? Yeah, that's what it seems like, right? Yeah, nobody cares. I saw somebody do a Tonight Show and then showcase for Mitzi uh-huh. huh. and not get passed, like, the next week. Oh, sure. And I was like, whoa, it's not the end. Was it really that thing they talk about, like, you do the Tonight Show and just everybody recognized you on the street? Uh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Or was it like you have to do it like four or five times? And people no, no. If you did, if you did, it had a good one. I mean, I know it really helped me, and it really died. It was, it was it, midnight though. You know, people yeah, really watching. People stayed up later. I guess there was a lot more coke then. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they did. They stayed up later. Are you not going to believe the clubs in those days? And I don't want to go. Let me tell you something, kid. When yeah. I was your age, well, how was it? I'd like to hear about but, it. But I mean, in New York, yeah, I used to set my alarm for two thirty in the morning. To walk 10 minutes to the comic strip to get on at 3. Wow. Yeah. Because they, they were open till 4, but they, they only served drinks till 4. If you backed up your drinks, they'd stay open till 5. Really? Yeah. I remember, really? Yeah. I remember Jodie Foster was in there one night with all her friends from Yale, and I got to meet her. I was on stage like 3.30 in the morning, and they're joking with me. And, and you think, hey, I, I don't know what happened to people. Like, did they get more sleepy? Yeah. Is it the drug thing? Was it, you know, the 80s? And the, Somebody said the media is so accessible now that you don't have to go out to see stand-up. You can yeah, just get it whenever true. you want. And also the drunk driving laws got tougher. Yeah, that's a big thing. But there's nothing like, excuse me, there's nothing like live stand-up. No, it's all different. I tell people like, oh, that was great, that clip. I'm like, just go see something live. Yeah, live Even is different. Even if it's ha- half, twice as shitty, it's still way better. Yeah, television, I mean, really, it's, you know, it's still, I did the Jimmy Fallon show about a month and a half ago, and... I had as good a set as I could possibly have, but it's not like the club. You're still handcuffed a little, aren't you? Yeah, they bleeped the word midget. What? God. Yes, they bleeped midget. And I looked up midget, and it said perfectly formed little person. Really? It's not even the dwarf. A dwarf is, is the disease, dwarfism, yeah. where it's how you have the big head and the short arms. That's more a serious disease. Midgets just could be anybody under four nine or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Sometimes you see the, the midgets, but they have like adult, like a human features. Not human features. <laughs> human. They almost seem human up close, but you're not supposed to feed them. <laughs> I 
And they have like their regular hands and <laughs> they have human features. That's terrible. <laughs> Can you tell me what you meant? Can you erase that part of the tape? <laughs> so stupid. Um, who did you come up with when you were starting? Uh, who was your like your crew? Are they WC Fields? Uh, <laughs> uh, who did I come up? With? I don't know. Well, like in the comic strip, it was Seinfeld and Riser. They were a little. They were ahead of me. You know, they were like three years ahead of me. Yeah. They were basically the same age, I think. But uh, I didn't start because I was acting first. Okay. So I was. I, I came up a weird way because by the time I got to the stage, I was already a polished performer. I just had no act. Oh wow! You know, some guys they're, they're writers. I was more. Did of you have an money actor. when you started, or were you still struggling? I I had a little bit of money. Okay. I wasn't struggling because I I was doing commercials. Yeah, commercials uh, are good, easy money. Yeah, yeah. I, I was lucky. But I mean, um, I really, I made a living in two years. Wow. Yeah. I was lucky. I mean, I, you know. Wow. I love people because they go, well, you're good. I go, well, then you're lucky to be good. You got to be lucky. Right, right, right. Well, however you cut it, you know. Yeah, it's not all just hard work always pays off. It's like, eh, No. no I see these guys. Too. I see some guys saying, you know, I, I just started. I'm a newbie. I've been in it for seven years. I'm thinking, seven years is a long fucking time. <laughs> yeah, it's not a newbie. Yeah, you know what you're doing at that point. Although I wasn't making a living at stand up, I did commercials. I could make a living at that. But well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know which which is harder, which which group to come up with. I know one thing. Is that Mike on? Logistics. What's that? Is that mic on? I don't think so. Oh, it is on. <laughs> they just leave the mic on all night long. <laughs> that's great. What the fuck is this thing on? It's not even the regular mic. It's a side mic. Yeah, but you know what? They would probably use it for my my podcast. Oh, okay. oh, can I plug my podcast? Yeah, sure, absolutely, do it. Uh, what's it called? Domerera live from the Laugh Factory on iTunes. Yeah, it's on iTunes, and you can Google it, I guess. Okay. Domerera live from the Laugh Factory. Yeah, that's cool. I did it once. You were great. I want to have you back. Okay. Yeah, well, here, here. Next time we'll, we'll talk about your show. We'll talk about what we did on your show. Okay. We'll keep doing that. We'll <laughs> yeah, go back and forth. I have one more question about all this baby stuff. Do you look at at the French Canadian and um, and the yes. other girl? Go ahead, tell me because I know it's yes. Okay. Do they have kids now? Are they? Yeah. Like, do you look at that with like regret, sadness? Yes. You do. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Like. Thanks for ruining my holiday. Well, I just want to know. No, no. no like, thanks. Thanks for digging in just a little too deep. <laughs> Mr. Journalist, all of a sudden, Mr. Hard-hitting journalist. I just like to know what ex- what an experience is like. Well, it's really painful, sweet uh, pain. It's like her kids love me, yeah, which is nice, but also hurtful in a way. Mm-hmm. They call mommy. Who's that man we like? And they wow. can hardly speak English, you know. But they know that's what they say. French, you know, yeah. like they'll they'll talk to me a little bit because they watch cartoons, you know. But uh, yeah, I definitely regret it. And you, you, oh, wow. you made my day, man. You happy? I came in here in such a Well, that's what day. I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of looking back and going, like, oh, I should have done this. But at the same time, I'm also afraid of looking back and like, I should have stayed single. But you can't. There's no predicting in life. Yeah. You know, you could be thinking that and get hit by a car. And I go, I should have yeah. appreciated being able to walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, want, I just want a, an apology from all the people who, to, who like demeaningly said, you'll find the right woman at some point. And then when those people have gotten divorced, I want them to come back to me and say, sorry, Ari, I shouldn't have talked to you that way. Yeah. But they never do. They just find another girl and say, well, when you find the right girl, you'll know. Or they don't. I don't know. 
Well, the bad thing about it is you have you have more options than a normal person, so it's harder to find the right girl. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in a small town and you're not planning on leaving that town because your family business is there, maybe there's a hundred girls you can meet. Yeah. So out of the hundred, you fall in love because your emotions trigger that way. In your business, now that you're working more, now that you're going to go all over the world, the fucking options are limitless. Yeah. That doesn't mean you could score with every chick, but there's going to be a lot of them you can. I have, every once in a while, someone will write me on Facebook or Twitter and just put it out there. Said, yeah. uh, if you're going to be around, I'm, I'm willing to have sex with you. Wow. I mean, not like specifically, but more, almost, more yeah, or yeah. less. And so it's like some guy from Tucson doesn't have that option. Yeah. Well, that's you know? what my cousin Johnny used to say. He goes, I work at the post office. He said, I'm home at noon. I work 4 to 11, whatever he worked. Yeah. He goes, nobody walks by my couch when I'm taking my nap. Mm-hmm. He said, all I see at work is nasty snapper. Yeah. And nobody, he says, you get tempted every night. This is when I was still, you know, with Sophie. Yeah. So why do you think you did cheat? Just because of the more options? Uh, yeah. I think because of more options and just the opportunity is, is there more than for normal people. Yeah. It sort of helps you feel like a man. Like getting Definitely. a girl to agree to do it with you. Yeah just makes you feel like okay i'm a winner here i can i can get someone yeah it's just too bad there's rules associated with it with a relationship where in order to feel like a winner like that you got to give up this thing yeah yeah well i'm afraid uh, you know i'm always afraid i'm gay really no but it just sounds dramatic <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to prove to yourself that you're not i'm trying to prove to myself <laughs> oh it turns out i'm not a gay hey, yeah, i'm not gay again <laughs> I could, I could never be. I could never get in that kind of condition. Those guys are in shape. <laughs> they are. They're so ripped. <laughs> Somebody told me the reason for it once because they know they can get laid, so they don't have to work on anything else except just like let's work on my physique. Right. Let's try to be the best guy to get laid. Oh yeah. And the idea that the only thing about being gay too that would be really depressing is they come out of the closet. Yeah. You always had trouble with chicks. Now you're getting rejected by guys. How sad yeah. is that? You know. Fucking dudes are rejecting you. <laughs> you ever go to a gay bar? Uh, I don't know. I went when I came out here a few times with my gay friends. Oh, yeah? Like, rage down there on Santa Monica. Right, right. It's fun and stupid. Uh-huh. But, um, they do a lot of drugs, huh? Do a lot of drugs, drink hard, and yeah. um, they do this thing where if they serve you a beer, at least at, at this point, at this place, he would slam their beer down on the counter, and so it would, like, overflow, so it looked like, a, I guess, a dick. Like it was coming? Yeah. But then yeah. we do that for every beer. And I'm like, all right, enough. Uh, yeah, right. Now, all right, it's not now you're wasting my beer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even come that much. But dude, the end of the night, the pair up situation, you know how in regular bars, it's so guys get, you know, what's the word? They're needy. Like, I got to find some girl oh, right yeah, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Desperate. Yeah. With with the gay bars, it does, it's just everyone's out there like, what's, what's the story? What's your name? You want to go? No? Okay. What about you? You're getting, wow. Let's go. And it's just pair off and leave. That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Different world. All right, well, do um, you have a Twitter to plug or anything? At Dom Herrera. Do you use it? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm getting better at it. I, I, got, uh, I got like 15,000, 16,000 followers. Oh, that's great. And you, you're on there like, Twittering? Yeah. yeah. It's hard, I, it's, I, is it hard to take on new technologies that weren't even close to around? For me, it around? is, especially having my goddaughter live with me because she's like having 24-hour tech support. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't really have to learn anything. She just does it. I just hand her. I'll wake her up, and I'll hand her the phone. What? Write <laughs> this for me yeah. and put it on the right mediums. I'm working in uh, Raleigh. Uh, I don't know. When, when does this come out? 
I don't know. I stockpile them and I put them out every Monday oh. for New Year's. Doing Raleigh for New Year's. Then I'm doing char- uh, Tampa in January, uh, side splitters in Knoxville, side splitters in January. Okay, that's cool. Is, um, is, do you have a website where all your dates are? Yeah, domarera.com. How do spell Herrera? I-R-R-E-R-A. You're the only guy that's on the comedy store twice. I think with two different spellings of your name. No, I think what it is is, I think one of them says Dom, one of them says Dominic. Oh, okay. Because I was first Dominic. When I went on the, uh, one show, I went Dominic Jack Irera. My middle name is John. Yeah. So in college, I told him it was Jack just to get Jack on a diploma. <laughs> Why? So, I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> hey, Jack. I go, where'd you get this Jack? I go, that's what the black kids call me in basketball. Jack, let me, hit, let me have the ball, Jack. You know, but anyway. <laughs> So it is, yeah. You noticed that I was on two. Am yeah. I still on there twice? Yeah, they never painted over it. Yeah, because I know off. I got the greatest spot right in the front. Front corner. Yeah. It's awesome. That is. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, that's all we do. We just sit there and work and stay out till 4 a.m., place close at 2, and we just look at the names and look at the pictures. <laughs> that's got a great history to it, doesn't it? The weirdest thing is when one of the pictures in the front hallway gets replaced. And somebody else goes up there. Oh, I know. And you know it's new, but then you're like, wait, who used to be here? Right, right. And you cannot place it. Ask not for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> bell tolls for thee? Yes. Is that it? Who wrote that? Hemingway. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck him, that fucking He's my favorite writer for a long time. He's great. Yeah, the Nick Adams stories, you ever read those? Uh-huh. Short stories, you ever read? I love those. Yeah, he's brilliant. He wrote something that stuck with me with those Nick Adams stories where he's talking about as he, like, progresses, as Nick Adams gets older, you know, and he writes them over different, like, years and maybe even decades. Uh-huh. But um, he's thinking back to the first person he had sex with and he's like all these women that I I, I boned he didn't use that word but <laughs> they didn't have that word then <laughs> no, I have not. that was like a, had to do with fish fishermen then boning yeah <laughs> yeah you're right deboning but he goes none of them compare to that fat plump squaw that I had in the oh. woods that day <laughs> that virginal <laughs> yeah that's funny sort of right nothing will compare to early on Man. All right, well. well thank you for having me on, man. You're welcome. Thanks, Tom. Love you, my brother. Take care. I wish that I knew what I know now. When I was younger, I wish that I knew what I know now. When I was stronger, I wish that I knew what I know now. When I was younger, I wish that I knew what I know now. Bam! There it is, everybody. That's the episode. Oh, do I have to set it for 43? Fucking goddammit. Set it for 43. That's the episode, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I really, really did. After uh, the episode, not only did Dom Herrera refuse the $50 that uh, your sponsorship on Amazon and Pro Flowers and Gamefly continues to uh, pay for, um, but he also uh, took me to eat at Cantor's Deli next door. And paid for it. Uh, so thank you, Dom Herrera, for that. I really do appreciate it. And it's a Jew. I just feel that you're a sucker. Uh, nevertheless, thank you. And uh, man, you see what I'm talking about? It was a really good episode. I really fucking like that shit. So he's, he seems to really regret it, I guess. But then he also doesn't regret, you know, not having those good times. It's a fucking pro and con on everything. I know a girl, my French, well, my friend... I don't want to say, but she, she was, uh, I don't think she had an abortion, but she was talking about how when she was younger, 
you know, she could have gotten pregnant with some guy and she, she, she could have, she wanted, and now she's like 34, 35 and she really wants to have a baby. And, uh, people ask her if she regrets not doing it then. And she was really open and honest about it. And she goes, man, I really like that, huh? And she goes, no, because then I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been the right time for me. Now that I'm in my thirties and I'm a fucking working woman and I'm making a, a fucking living for myself and I can pay for things. Now would be a better time for me to have it, but I don't have a, a the guy in my life the way she wants to have it the right way or not the right way, the way she wants to have it. So even though she wants one now and isn't in the, in the proper situation, it doesn't mean she should have done it then, you know? It's like I wanted to lose my virginity when I lost it, and then eventually I did. But it doesn't mean I should have done it when I first had the opportunity before, although I probably should have done it when I had the opportunity. What was I waiting for? Special, special moment. It's not special. You're going to look back in 10 years later and go like, oh, whatever. That's not completely true. Motherfuck. It's not completely true. I'm sort of glad I waited. Anyway, thank you, Dom Herrera, uh, very much. Maybe I'll get my other friend on. There's no way she's going to do it. <laughs> There's no way she's going to do it. This is the friend that if you've seen my... Um, oh, no, it's not. You haven't seen it. It's a bit about being at the UFC on a pot cookie. But if you've seen it, when I say my friend turns to me, uh, it's her. Maybe I'll get her on a podcast to see the woman's point of view of uh, being in you know that age and not having a child and really, really wanting one. Man. So anyway, so here's what I got for you guys. Um... First of all, don't forget to check out my other podcast, Punch Drunk, that I do with Jason Tebow and Sam Tripoli. It's just a fun, laid-back, semi-sports-related podcast. We do it on the Toad Hop Network every Tuesday from noon to 2 p.m., um, and we videotape it. It's also available on iTunes. You can watch it later. Uh, as is this, it's available on iTunes and Stitcher. So please, tell a friend. If you like them, fucking spread the word. Let's get it more popular, because you know why I do this. Thank you for your sponsorship uh, help. Um, but I do it for my draw. So the more people listen to this, the more people will come see my stand-up. And also, get my, get my fucking album. If you haven't gotten it yet, Revenge for the Holocaust. Go buy it. It's available on iTunes and Amazon. It's also available on Illegal Torrents. If that's the way you get music, that's the way I get music. If that's the way you get music, fucking by all means. If that's the only way you purchase music is by not purchasing and stealing, I'm telling you now, just go for it. Just listen to my album. If you don't listen to music on Torrance, I, th- I think you're kind of an idiot. I, I don't, I mean, maybe supporting the artist, I sort of get that idea, but it just seems like that's, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like, what do you do? It's like, you don't have to. They, they got to come up with a better way. Otherwise, I'm going to share stuff with my, that my friends has. He's going to share stuff with me. I, I, my friend Duncan gave a book to me. He didn't give one. He loaned it to me, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to give it back to him. Same shit. That's the way I feel. It's the same as that. And it's like, yeah, the artist doesn't get paid for me buying his book, but I wasn't going to. So uh, somebody loaned it to me. It'll make me read it. Whatever. I'm not going to justify myself to you. It's fucking bad, I know, but still, it's the way I get music. So anyway, my point is, Revenge for the Holocaust is still out. This next special is going to be an entirely new hour. And if you see me anytime after the next month or two, it's going to be different or as much different as possible from the special. I'm fucking scared. This special they want to release at the very beginning of February and I'm only going to have like 10, 15 minutes of new stuff that's not on there. Hopefully we can cut some stuff. It was an hour 20. Hopefully they can figure out how to cut like an entire bit or something so I can, I can have another 5, 10 minutes to go on. This is the worst part of developing a new hour. So I did it last year. This is the worst part. 
this first month. And I'm not doing it on the road. When I'm in Edmonton, I'm going to do what I do in the special. I know I'm getting paid a lot of money to be on the road. Um, so I'm giving you a professional show. But when I'm in LA working out, I am working towards just filling a 15-minute set. So these new jokes, they're okay. And I'm, I'm a developed comedian. I know how to make okay funny. I know how to finesse a joke. But they are not gold yet. <laughs> and it is a fucking struggle. One, to not bail and just do my old stuff that I know will work. And two, to come up with new things. It's like, it's so fucking frustrating. It's so fucking frustrating. It's the worst part of it, the first month or two. Once I get that first milestone, once I get a 15-minute set of all new stuff, I'll feel good, and I know it'll stretch from there. Because I know then my next, what I build next will will also, the next five-minute chunk that I build, I will also be building three minutes from my first five minutes and two minutes from my second five minutes. So it'll get like eight minutes the next month. Anyway, whatever. You guys don't even understand that. Uh, I'm also going to be doing a whole episode of this podcast uh, on how to do podcasts. So if you're a comedian or otherwise and want to know how to do them in the next two or three weeks, uh, when I feel up for it, I will release a midweek uh, podcast. Just I'll break down uh, entirely how to do it. I won't bury it. If you want to know now, it's at the end of the second Ralphie May episode during this like outro Um I just run it down. So I'll run it down for you again. And I'm guaranteed there's better ways to do it, but this is the way I do it. It's the way Marin taught me, and I learned on GarageBand and just sort of took other people's ideas. Uh, Katie Levine helped me. She's the one who does all the, all the Nerdist podcasts. She helped me about nine hours a week with this program. I'll, I'll just break it down to everybody. Free flow of information. That's what I believe in. So by all means, go to Pirate Bay and get my album. It's also on uh, Pandora, I think. Fucking listen away. I don't give a shit. I just want you guys to hear it. I want people to hear it. I'm a comedian. That's what I am. Um, all right. So in the so let's review. And coming first of all, continue to support me on Amazon, uh, Pro Flowers, and Gamefly through my website. They, man, great offer me a sponsorship. But what? Who gets great covers? Do I have any rich people to listen to this podcast? <laughs> Who's gonna, who doesn't already have a great cover that's going to be in the market for a great cover? A grill great cover. I, I just can't see it. Spotify, I might pick up again because somebody said that's actually really cool. So I might pick those guys up again. Stamps.com, I can't do you until you figure out a fucking way to help people with Macs, how to, how to, how to use a label maker. Until then, I'm sponsoring Indicia. Indicia is a free sponsorship. If you are looking to do shipping... And you want uh, to have labels so you don't have to uh, uh, print out each label and then tape them to a, cut them out of a piece of paper and tape them to a package. Uh, and you have a Mac. If you don't want to do all that stuff, if you want to use a label maker, stamps.com won't help you. They don't have the capabilities to do it. So go to endicia.com. It's E N D I C I A. And they're fucking rad. What they need is integration with PayPal so you don't have to cut and paste. Every PayPal order onto your Indicia, it'll just come right through. It can import. If they can do that, I'll fucking give you sponsorships free for three weeks instead of one week. So uh, anyway, check them out. Uh, what else? Make sure to go to allthingscomedy.com. We're going to start this week. We're going to start doing videos um, online. Andrew Themelis, Bill Burr's web guy, is, is, has that idea for us to just do fucking let's look at people on sunset videos um, every week to make that site more lively. So we're going to do that. 
hopefully Brendan Walsh starts doing the bone zone again on video and he puts it on all things comedy. If, if, uh, if, uh, punch drunk ever leaves and we continue to do it, we're probably going to put it on all things comedy, the video of it. Um, so go to all things There's also a bunch of other podcasts on there. It's all sort of like-minded, um, people that we all find funny, funny people, Jackie Cation's on there, Jake Johansson, first guy I ever emceed for a week. No, that's not true. That's not true. I, I think it's my first feature week. I did MC for him for a week, but it wasn't my first one. It was it was a John X gig in DC at the Improv that I featured for him and I MC'd for him. Um, maybe it's just a guest spot. Anyway, he's on there. Greg Barrett's on there. Bill Burr, Al Magical, Cation, uh, uh, the Bone Zone is on there. Uh, Sam Tripoli's Naughty Show is on there. It's a bunch of cool podcasts. We're all friends and we're all good comedians. So support that. And we're dividing all that money up, whatever we end up getting, if we ever do sponsorship, it's just going to be all split up. It's us. It's a comedy co-op. It's not a network. It's a co-op. Somebody did suggest that we, um, that we uh, figure out a way to like have a, a feed for all of it together on uh, iTunes. And there should be one. I don't know. We'll work on that stuff. We're going to grow. And as you guys have suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me or Al Madrigal or, or the contact at allthingscomedy.com. Or Bill Burr, probably, but he's probably the busiest of all of us. He, ain't, he doesn't have time to read your shit. Plus, he gets mad a lot, so he'll just fuck it. He might, he might snap. But send it to me or Al. Um, Al's that, got that Mexican streak in him, too. He might snap, too. But he's the one that's going to be more in control, so get it to him. Um, or me, and I'll get it to him. He won't snap on me if I just forums. If you have a suggestion, my point is, fucking do that. So we're doing that. We're doing my sponsorships, all things comedy. The fucking mystery extra large t-shirts. I'm actually excited about that idea. Uh, and then if you want to buy my uh, 2012s, if you, uh, don't buy the double extra larges because I'm pretty much out of those. Um, and I have some other shit. I don't know. But the 2013 designs are really fucking rad. So I'm, I can't even settle on one. So they'll be out soon. As will the Storyteller Show. As soon as I have the wherewithal to fucking cut everything into different tracks and put it on iTunes. Hopefully in the next week or two. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode 95, I believe. I think it is, anyway. Episode 95, Childless with Dom Herrera, over and out. And by the way, if you do like Dom Herrera, if you like this podcast, seek him out. If you ever get a chance to see him in your town, you should definitely do that. In fact, here, I'll just read you his calendar right now. Um, definitely get tickets from me for all these places that I told you at the beginning of the episode. Um, Milwaukee, Edmonton, mm, Chicago with Rogan, Ice House, Pasadena this week, my next storyteller show, Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, and Dom's going to be there too. Okay, here we go. Here's what it is. January 18th to 19th, Tampa, Florida. He'll be at Side Splitters. Knoxville, Tennessee, the 24th to 26th, also Side Splitters. Uh, he's going to be in Burbank in February, the 8th and 9th at Flappers. Uh, the twenty, the Columbus, Ohio, the twenty first to the twenty fourth, the Funny Bone in March. He'll be in Atlantic City at the Tropicana, uh, Bohemia, New York, at McGuire's Comedy Club. Oh, that's the Governor's gig. That's the one I'm doing. Oh, I'm doing the week before him. I'm doing it the first and second of March. He's doing it the eighth and ninth of March. It's Bohemia and Levittown, New York. Um, and then Montreal, Canada, the fifteenth and sixteenth of March. Um. 
April, he'll be in Las Vegas at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at MGM. And then May, Cleveland, and then later, okay, that's the end of the year. Jesus. Um, so if you get a chance to go see Don Marrero, he's one of the best comics you'll ever be able to get a chance to see. Go out and see him. It's, it, first of all, you should see more stand-up comedy in general. And if you're looking for funny people, that's one of them. You're, you're not going to lose with that. So bring a date, bring a friend, whatever. Uh, thank you, Don Marrero. Um, and also, if you go do go see him, this is a personal favorite of mine. If you go see him or anybody from this podcast... And you discover them through this podcast, um, tell them that you, that you saw them through my podcast. It makes me happy because it usually gets back to me. And it really makes me happy. It makes me think that it's worth it for them to do it. Um, or let me know. You know, write my contact. Or go on my forum and, and, uh, and tell us there. Okay, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Until next week. Hasta la vista. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe to these. And goodbye. Goodbye.